Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, Revenue Growth Architect, helping great companies build strategies and systems to grow revenue. Today, we have a guest who is going to challenge and inspire you to up your game with emotional intelligence. Merit Khan is the founder of Merit Based Business and the creator of the Merit Method for Sales Mastery. She's an author, a contributor to the Sales Experts channel, and a fellow advisor at the C-Suite Network. She's passionate about helping salespeople master their mindset, mechanics, and motion. But as we get started today, I want to say a huge thank you from the bottom of my heart to everyone who supported the launch of the Revenue Growth Engine book on Amazon yesterday. Thanks to you, the book became not only a number one release, but by the end of the day, we were a number one bestseller in multiple categories on Amazon in both the United States and my home country of Canada. I have to say I am overwhelmed with gratitude for the response and the reviews. And if you want to accelerate revenue growth, go and check out Revenue Growth Engine on Amazon. You know, this is a time to drive and thrive. And at the C-Suite Radio Network, we believe that business leaders, especially those of us responsible for revenue, will be the ones to pull us out of the economic crisis we're in and into a profitable future. And to help you drive business forward, I want to invite you to be a part of the High Stakes Forum. It's an online conference June 22nd through 25th. If you feel like the chips are down and the odds are stacked against you, you're going to appreciate this event. The speakers are amazing. Um, The faculty is going to be fantastic. You can check it out at c-suiteforums.com, c-suiteforums.com. Well, today you're in for a treat. Merit Khan is an expert in bringing the science of emotional intelligence to sales teams and leaders. Have you ever wondered why two salespeople can leave a training program and one is a high performer while the other just struggles? Merritt has the answer to this question and much more. Let's join this conversation with Merritt Kahn. Well, Merritt, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here today. What's going on? I'm just, you know, just hanging in my home office, just <laughs> all the sales things that you do. <laughs> That's been the, uh, it, that has been the phrase of uh, the last 90 days for sure. I've just been hanging in my home office, right? And, yeah. Uh, what, a, what an interesting time. And we're, I'm so glad to have you here on the podcast. We're uh, fellow advisors with the C-Suite Network, which is where we met. And uh, one of the things that I know you're extremely passionate passionate about, which I'd love to talk about, is emotional intelligence. And this has been a very critical time to have some emotional intelligence. Tell, tell me a little bit about what you've seen out as you work with the sales community in terms of EI uh, in in the middle of uh, of this pandemic. 
Well, I think nothing really shines a light on the importance of emotional intelligence in uh, in sales interactions, but in, in any interaction really, um, like a crisis. And mm. whether it's a global crisis like this pandemic that is touching all of us, or it's one of the a crisis, if you will, um, in an industry or with a company mm -hmm. or with you personally, like we all have our own crises. It just happens to be that this is a globally shared crisis right. situation. Um, and when you're, when you're stressed, when you're under pressure, we revert to our natural automatic ways of being. Well, if you're a well-balanced, emotionally intelligent individual, mm -hmm. you've got a lot more access to be flexible, to lean into strengths that, um, will help you weather any storm. If you have some gaps in that emotional intelligence wiring, it makes it a little bit more difficult. So if I can give you an example, I think that would help the audience kind of understand what we're talking about here. Um, I, I was recently um, doing a, a webcast for an organization. They wanted, they brought me in to do a virtual presentation on emotional intelligence. I, I did an assessment of 45 of the top leaders in the, in this organization. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was a, it was a great project and fascinating. Uh, really eye-opening because they're going to work together as a team better because each individual has a good sense of their own um, emotional intelligence strengths and, and not yet strengths be, mm -hmm. that they're going to layer those skills on top of. Anyway, one of the things that we that I learned from this group was that there were a couple of different patterns. So some of the group was high in empathy and lower in assertiveness. Now in sales, that combination is those are the people who are saying you 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 really shouldn't be selling now and it's not appropriate and we you know and actually it's probably the same people that weren't selling before the pandemic right right there was another like it's monday it's not a good right. day to... yeah. i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to be aggressive i don't want to be salesy and right. so high empathy low assertiveness is a recipe for justifying this current situation by saying, I'm not going to sell because of this thing. Well, they weren't selling anyway. Now let's look at the opposite. What about high assertiveness, low empathy? Well, mm -hmm. that person is picking up the phone and they're making sales calls, but they're making sales calls today the same way that they did pre-pandemic. And they, and it's all about them. Like they just have an agenda and they're forcing and pushing their agenda with very little regard for what's going on in other people's, you know, world. So they're not having appropriate conversations and ultimately they are going to be damaging their brand moving forward because they're seen as like inhuman. Like, how do you not know what's going on? So, yeah. Right? So the sweet spot is when those two attributes are in balance. So mm. you have a, a, a balanced level of empathy and assertiveness. And that way, a sales professional, entrepreneur, business owner is going to make a call and it's going to say, you know, um, it feels almost awkward to be having a good old fashioned sales conversation in spite of everything that's going on. But if you're open to it, can we just talk for a moment about something that's within our control, like a problem that you're having with ABC mm -hmm. and the solutions that we provide in the marketplace to help you deal with that? Are you open to that conversation? That's what balanced emotional intelligence sounds like in sales. 
You know, Meredith, as I'm listening to you, it, it it's interesting because both of those camps that, you know, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, emotive thing, like selling is something that is going to be, you know, just <laughs> it's not empathetic to sell. Are you kidding me? Uh, on the other side, you know, that overly aggressive, it's all about me, you know, push those, those were bad approaches before the pandemic, but it's like the crisis is just turned the spotlight up on that. Right. So poor emotional intelligence was a liability before, but now, oh my goodness, it's a real liability. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's really the first thing that I work on. And, you know, in my sales mastery courses and coaching programs with people, mm-hmm. they the first thing that we do is really look at your sales mindset. And your emotional mind is one of those driving forces. So, um, you know, for those of, you know, who might be watching this, um, if I take my hand and I spread my fingers out and I look at if I, if I have gaps in between mm-hmm. my fingers for, and those represent the gaps in an emotional intelligence, emotional mindset, then anytime I layer a skill on top of that, they're basically those skills are falling through the gaps. You mm-hmm. won't be able to access them. So as a coach and trainer, I can teach you to say something like, are you open to having a conversation? But if you don't have impulse control, which is one of the things we assess for an emotional intelligence profile, then Mm -hmm. I have to teach you that language just a little bit differently because you're not going to hold back long enough to get that question out. You're just going to blurt out the answer to the problem without finding out why did somebody ask me that question? Because that's the real essence of what you want to learn as a sales professional is why are they asking me the questions that they are? That's Mm -hmm. telling me really what's what their main concerns are as opposed to just answering that surface level question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we have obviously a, a lot of sales leaders listening in um, on this call and I'm just curious, Merritt, if, you know, if I'm a sales leader and I'm looking across my team and, and most sales teams probably run the whole spectrum of, you know, what we've talked about today, overly empathetic, um, overly aggressive and and I'm the sales leader in over that team, and I recognize the problem that this uh, current crisis has spotlighted in my team. I mean, coach me. Where in the world would I start in terms of bringing my team back into balance, or bringing individuals in my team back into balance in regards to EQ? That's a great question. I wish more people were asking me that question. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're <laughs> that welcome. Was- you know, that's an emotionally intelligent question. Just, you know, oh, shucks. So, you're showing us your true colors, Daryl. Oh, geez, you're saying, making me blush, Merritt. You're making me blush. <laughs> um, here's the thing. For uh, in, in sales, the job is to be influential with other people. Fair yes. statement? Okay. Yeah. If we want to be more influential with others, the very first thing we have to understand is what has influence over us. Mm. And, and that, I, I think that more than anything has been a real differentiator for how I look at long lasting sales success, like really transformative ways of being around the way you conduct yourself in a professional sales interaction conversation mm-hmm. that is very distinct from here's a soundbite, use this, say this. Um, in my early years of training, all I had was 
I had a methodology. I taught that methodology. And I was literally told by this organization that I had my training background in, like, don't get creative, just do the system. Right. And that was really restrictive for me because I had, um, well, then this is, I'm circling back to the answer to your question, but I had two guys in my sales training class, right? They, um, Stephen and Daniel, and I've talked about these guys and when I do keynotes and, and training sessions many, many times, Stephen and Daniel worked for the same company. They were both hired by this, the, uh, around the same time. They worked the same territory. They say they sold the same products and services at the same price point. I mean, the guys even looked alike. I mean, it was like same, 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 same. <laughs> and, and yet Steven had amazing results. Like he sat in my class. I taught him techniques. He went out and implemented him and got a great result. And I was yeah. like, look at me. I'm awesome. You know, I was just reaching around, patting myself on the back, being a good trainer. But then I looked across the table at Daniel. He learned the exact same thing from the exact same trainer in the exact same class. Didn't implement much. What he did didn't work for him as well. And it was very humbling because mm. as a coach and trainer, I, how was I able to take credit for Steven's success if I didn't also take responsibility for Daniel's shortcomings? Like it doesn't, mm -hmm. you don't get to pick and choose. You so, don't? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Did I ruin that for you? <laughs> Thanks, um, Merritt. Yeah. Well, that's how it goes. But that's when I discovered emotional intelligence. And I, I did a profile for both of them. And I saw hmm. that under the surface, under all that commonality, they were very different in terms of their wiring. So layering those skills on top of a very different profile was what made that difference. Once I understood that, I could coach Daniel a little bit differently because I knew I had to say to him something like, okay, when you start a sales conversation, because you have low impulse control, you need to actually use these words with your prospect. You need to say, mm -hmm. I'm so passionate about what I do. Sometimes you're going to ask me a question. I'm just going to want to like get to the answer. Would, would it be okay if I just asked you a bunch of questions first so I really understand what's going on in your world? And then I promise I'll get to all the solutions that you want from me today can I ask you questions first? And that way he, he, he did it, you know, so the other person could hear him and slow him down, but mostly for himself, mm -hmm. that he could slow himself down. That's the difference. Um, so I would tell any um, sales leader, director, you know, um, VP of sales right now, Give your people a chance to step back and step inside. Learn from the inside out. They have the time. It's mm. a little, you know, in many industries, it's just a little bit slower pace. They're at home, whatever. This is the time to go inside, learn about your own wiring, and then take those times to adjust your approach. Yeah, that that is really really good. The story of the two salespeople is is really profound, and I have to admit I've seen that too. You see reps that go through the exact same training, and and the results are different. And it's not the methodology, it's not the message, it's below the surface. And um, I think this is a really really good time to lift the hood, if you will, and and take a look at at what's under there. If I'm uh, if I'm that sales leader and I'm, I'm, you know, wanting to, to take people on that journey, 
um, like wh- where do where do you start? Do you start with one on ones? Do you start with a team meeting? Do you how does how how do you recommend and coach a sales leader go through this? Or maybe you start with yourself, right? Uh, yeah, I my my belief has always been, especially for leaders, leaders go first. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to understand what's available for your team in terms of what will they learn about themselves, then put yourself through an assessment first. Find, get yourself a little bit of coaching to see, you know, just kind of uncover some of those blind spots. And that way you're, you're learning something for yourself at the same time you're, you're going through an experience of this is what my team could also be learning about themselves. And how would this map on so that they can grow and develop themselves in their role, whether mm-hmm. it's a sales role or a leadership role or, or any of that. Um, so I, I'm a big believer in leaders go first. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good. I'm, so what, I, if, if you can think of, uh, what does Nirvana look like? If you can think of a sales team that really has um, embraced emotional intelligence has said, we're going to, you know, we're going to collectively and individually lift the hood. We're going to commit to understanding ourselves and shoring up those gaps that you talked about in between the fingers. I mean, what, what does that sales team look like? And, and when someone, when a team has gone through that journey, what's, what are the end results? Oh gosh, these are great questions, Daryl. I, <laughs> I would say, um, without sounding too salesy, um, I think the the first thing that would happen is mm-hmm. the team. Everybody would go through and do their own individual assessment. Um, the tool I use, I, I'm really excited about. I've been certified with this organization for 12 years. It's called Multi Health Systems. They're based out of Toronto, and they you know, there's a lot of emotional intelligence assessment Mm -hmm. tools out there. You could go online and get like freebie things or Mm -hmm. or buy one off the shelf at Barnes and Noble for $5. But please, this is something you don't want to self score. You don't have, we don't have the ability to see ourselves objectively enough to really get the data we need. And this tool that a multi-health systems has developed is, is so scientifically validated that there is no way you can beat this test. And if you try, it comes back to me as the coach saying, this person tried to beat the test. So first, you know. Well, I've got to try that. And as a fellow Canadian, I'm going to vouch for tests from Toronto. They're legit. So that's totally legit. So first I would say, you know, and and this is not something you want to self-score. You want to, I've been highly, highly trained and developed to, to, to read these results in an appropriate way to be able to coach somebody what comes first and what comes next and mm-hmm. how these attributes play together. So you, that's super important when it comes to something like this. Um, and, and so after everybody does an individual assessment and, a, and their one-on-one coaching call, then you look for the trends and the team. So mm-hmm. what are the, across the team, where are we, where, what are our top three attributes? What are our bottom three attributes? That's going to impact it because it's showing up in your hiring processes, in the culture, in the organization. So this company that I'm in the middle of this project right now, it's a very collaborative culture. And that's great, except what I'm seeing is a trend in their independence score. 
So their independence score is lower and their interpersonal relationship score is high. And what that means mm -hmm. is they're very collaborative. They're, they're, you know, getting input and opinions and ideas and they're solving problems together, which is great. But then you've got a leadership team that isn't comfortable and standing in their own you know, power grounded in making an independent decision or sorry, making a decision independent of, you know, other people's ideas, right? We need our leaders to be able to say, I've, I've listened to you. I hear your ideas. And now based on the information that I'm privy to as a member of the leadership team that I may be buffering and protecting you from, this is the decision moving forward. Mm -hmm. This is the direction based on the information I have today. This is the decision that we're, that we're moving forward with. And we need our leaders to be able to do that. Um, so that's an example of each individual person doing their own report. How does it impact the whole group? And what's mm -hmm. gonna hold them back as a leadership team? And where do they wanna make adjustments in all of those processes that have helped them? I mean, this, is a, this company happens to be a very strong team overall. There's just a few nuances that make it very interesting. Mm, yeah, I can see that the trends inside a team would be very interesting. And, um, you know, I mean, I, when I was a sales manager, and, and I've confessed this openly many times, I was a terrible sales manager. Uh, I have the utmost respect for sales managers because I always hired in my image, right? I mean, I hired people like me and I built a team that looked like me and it was, it was, yep. it was terrible, right? It was terrible. Only if I only had some EQ and a coach back in the day when I was doing that, maybe I wouldn't have made such costly and terrible decisions, but <laughs> understand, I'm serious. Understanding though, that the EQ profile of the team is very, very interesting. And I, I think an extremely valuable, valuable thing to do. Now what, I think too, though, you know, it's, it's interesting, but you want to always marry that with, well, what's the, the technique and mm -hmm. the game plans that come out of that. So I use emotional intelligence to inform how I'm going to teach somebody to do the very practical things like the mechanics of selling and mm -hmm. the accountability structures and action plans. So I, I think, you know, to be effective in sales, really is a, a function of three areas. So it's your sales mindset, mm -hmm. it's the mechanics of selling, and then it's how you are in motion, mindset, mechanics, and motion. And that's really the premise that all my work is based on. Um, but when you only work on sales mechanics, technique, at the expense of really understanding the mindset that's un, that's layered underneath all of that technique, you're, you're you're in a situation where you might not use what you've learned and it's mm -hmm. not because you don't remember it or it wasn't a fit for your business. It was just, it's not accessible to you based on your own wiring. So we need to unpack that, then layer on the mechanics, then put it into an action plan. And that's why most of my work, you know, it, it's going to be a longer term engagement because quick fix stuff doesn't work. We've, you know, we've all read a sales book or, you know, something. It's just, it, there's too many, you know, aspects of it that if you really want to be a star performer in a sales um, capacity and as an entrepreneur or business owner, we really need to be good in sales. You can't just be good at what you do mm -hmm. because the guy down the street could be 
you know, better at the sales and marketing side and not as good at what he does, but he's going to get the business. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be good at what you do and great at the sales part. So when someone's gone through this, this is such a fascinating and I think very, very relevant conversation because so many of us, I think when things were rocking and rolling, we could get the mechanics down and, you know, you, you, I, it, it was it was easy. It was easy. Let's just be honest. It was easier to get business than it is now. I'm not saying it was easy, but it's definitely harder now. And so, you know, a lot of these um, a lot of these these things are coming to the surface that were weaknesses that maybe just we just didn't notice back then because the number kept going up into the right, and we're you know everyone was making a lot of money. Now it, it is it is a season where it's going to be harder, and I think some of these deficiencies, the mindset deficiency. We had a great conversation a couple of weeks ago with Mark Hunter about a mind for sales. And that, that mindset is so critical. This area of emotional intelligence on your sales team. I just, if, if someone, I just, it's, I know that many sales leaders are, are listening and still some of you are probably thinking, really, you know, really don't we just, can we just do some more sales techniques and, you know, drill, some more objection handling or yeah, you can, you can, you can, but like what, what is the payoff for doing this, you know, this deep dive work, whether you're listening as an individual or you're thinking on behalf of your team, like what's the payoff for lifting the hood and doing a little bit of digging of mixed metaphors here, but going deep, peeling the onion. Let's add one more metaphor to this. One more metaphor. What's, what's the payoff for doing this hard work? Because I know it is hard work to, to dig into this. It so, is. Um, I, I think when you think about the investments that most many sales leaders have made in their teams and learning good techniques and sales mm-hmm. training and coaches and all kinds of things that they've already spent money on, mm-hmm. um, looking under the hood at the sales mindset piece is honestly just the rocket fuel to make all of that other stuff really work better. So if you've Mm -hmm. got people and you're frustrated because you're like, God, we've had you in all these sales courses. We've done everything we're supposed to do. We've taught you this stuff. Why aren't you using it? That's what understanding the sales mindset and emotional intelligence is one of three parts of understanding the sales mindset but it's my favorite part, mm-hmm. but, um, but really that is where you get a chance to see, ah, this is why somebody isn't implementing the good technique that they've learned. And so some people that I've worked with over the years only work with me on that sales mindset piece. They've already invested in spin selling or, mm-hmm. you know, challenger or, Sandler or whatever else where they have their own secret sauce for sales process. And that's great. I'm totally happy for that. Any system that you use that you've got the vocabulary and the process. And a lot of times our CRMs are integrated in with the sales process and the technique that we've learned. Great. Let's not undo that and like teach you one more methodology for sales. But what I can, what I bring to that is let's just, open up and look at the sales mindset piece, which is mm-hmm. your internal mind, what you say to yourself about what's possible, what you believe about money, decision makers, sales, what you sell, all of that. And then let's look at your behavioral mind, which is what your actions say to other people, right? Like you're a bottom line person, you're a gregarious person, right? You don't like change, you're analytical, or 
kind of like a disc model, but a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. And then there's the emotional mind, which is much of what we've talked about today. So it's really when I talk about understanding your sales mindset, I'm not just saying like, wouldn't it be nice to kind of like know who you are and how you're wired? This is, it's very scientific, the methodology that I follow to help someone understand what they really do think and believe. And then they get a chance to do what I call re-decide. So mm -hmm. just because you have these beliefs about what a lot of money is or what your potential is or what you feel you're worthy of earning, you know, you, why are those beliefs the truth? Why not recreate them. And if you look at the inventory of all of your beliefs and you can see them, uh, then you get to decide or re-decide the ones that you want to pick and stick with or the ones you want to rewrite for yourself that are going to get you further than where you are today. Wow. Inventory of beliefs. You just blew my mind. I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. That's, uh, that's so powerful. Merritt, I can't believe we're bumping up against the uh, end of our time today already. What a fantastic conversation. Um, if you could say one more thing to this audience of business owners, sales leaders, marketing professionals, when it comes to this topic of lifting the hood and the whole mindset, um, encourage us. What, what would you say if you could say one more thing? There's, you know, once you see on a visual display, the wiring that you have, you can never, you can't unsee it. <laughs> right. And, right. So it's incredibly accurate. Uh, it, in the version that I'm talking about, right. But yeah. it's, it's an opportunity to just really lean in and see what might be sabotaging you without you even knowing it. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, you can't unknow it. Now it can inform you. It can help you grow. When it it's, remains in the background in the dark, um, you have no power to improve on it. There's a lot of power that comes from knowing the reality of how you're wired in, under the hood, to use your example. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. Merit. Thank you. I mean, thank you so much. If you want to get a hold of Merritt, we'll put all our contact information in the show notes. And uh, you, you've uh, you've definitely inspired me today. I'm uh, maybe even motivated to to lift the hood myself and see what kind of scary stuffs underneath there. We'll talk about that later. But uh, I just want to say a sincere thank you to you and the investment you're making in the sales community and the best investment you've made in us today. Um, I deeply appreciate it, and I know our listeners do as well. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here. And to everyone else listening in, thank you for joining us. The um, feedback and the motion around the launch of the Revenue Growth Engine book has been fantastic. Thank you to everybody who's leaving us Amazon reviews and all of that. Uh, it's just been an incredible time. And I just want to let you know from the bottom of my heart how thankful I am for you. And uh, right now, as, as we're looking forward and as we've been talking about in the C-Suite Radio Network, this is the time to drive and thrive. This is a time to, to dig in. This is the time where sales and marketing leaders uh, were stepping up and we're moving this uh, country forward, our economies forward, our teams forward. And, and I just, I am so fired up and so excited about the passion that I hear from so many of you. So I just want to encourage you to keep it up, 
keep pushing, keep driving. And until next week, let's get going and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.